What's up? It's your boy Cigar Chingon, and welcome to the Toilet Talk Podcast. That's right, I'm your host. And first off, I want to extend a huge thank you to the city of Harker Heights. That's in Texas, the big Lone Star State. That's right, Harker Heights, you are our main fan base, and we cannot thank you enough. Thank you very, very much for being a part of the Toilet Talk Nation. Huge shout out. Thank you for listening. Hope everybody out there is safe. Uh, I know Laura came through briefly, so hopefully y'all didn't get hit or anything like that. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us and with any questions or just to say hi and tell us what's going on, we can be reached at cigarchingon at gmail.com. I'll leave that information in the description for you. And folks, before we go any further in today's episode, and it's a good one, we got a special guest, so stay tuned. Here's a few words from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's about five minutes past the hour. For everybody just tuning in, welcome to the Toilet Talk Nation. I'm your host, Cigar Chingon, and today I have a special guest, Laco Waco. That's right. If you don't know him, you're going to know him after this. I'm telling you. So how you doing, Laco? No, I'm doing good, man. It's a little, little early, but... You know, I'm saying awake. That's right. It's it's early morning for us. I don't know what it is for you out there, but uh, everybody listening, we appreciate you tuning in. Laco here, he is a, how would you describe yourself? Um, that's a difficult question. I wasn't <laughs> anticipating that one. Um, awesome. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know. An awesome mountain biker. How's that? We can do that too. Are you a mountain biker or a trail rider? Uh, so I mean, or is I, there ride, a I ride trail. Yeah, mountain bikers. You just ride mountains. You can ride trails. You can ride downhill, jump line, whatever. As long as you're on a mountain bike, you're a mountain biker. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. And I see from your setup, and folks, we'll get into that later in the episode. Here, he's brought his uh, his bike in, and I'll tell you what. From what I grew up with, the old school ten speeds with the tape around the the handles and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at the space shuttle right here. So we'll we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I, I remember back in my day, we didn't have shocks. We just had broke rims, and that was it. And uh, when I was a kid, we had skateboards with the steel wheels, but that's a whole different. That's uh, yeah, for later. <laughs> so you're trying to get a sponsorship for. Or you have a sponsorship. I have a sponsorship. I'm just trying to get a little bit more help with, uh, you know, help cut the costs on on riding because gear is expensive and gear is important. Right. Probably one of the most important things. Safety is, and this is a dangerous sport still, you know. Um, I don't have an engine. It's not like when I was racing dirt bikes, but it's mm. still, uh, depending on what you do, it can be expensive. If you do a lot of downhill enduro stuff like I do, then you have a very good possibility of hitting a tree. <laughs> you know what's crazy is I see your posts on Instagram and I see you guys shooting down the trail. It looks fun as hell, but sketchy at the same time. So I, me, I, I like flatland, <laughs> and uh, but it, it looks fun as hell. Oh, and it is. Some of them builds that they do and, and the curves and all that and the jumps as well. Speaking of jumps, you're about to attempt your biggest jump on a mountain bike? Yeah, so I got a buddy that put together some... Uh, he found some cool spots and, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's on, 
it's by some like retaining walls, like uh, some retaining pond, shall I say? So mm-hmm. there are retaining walls around it, which are good setups for some drops and stuff like that, just stuff to jump off of. So he set up a uh, he set up a, a jump, probably the lips, probably about I don't know, fifteen twenty feet before the 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 drop, and then the landing's probably twenty something feet after that. Wow. So it's somewhere out. He's, I haven't even seen it yet, but he says it's somewhere around 40 and 50 feet. And no he's a jumper and he hasn't even done it yet because he doesn't want to do it without someone else being there. So that's what excites me. <laughs> now, what kind of safety gear do you need to do something like that? So I change up my gear a bit depending on where I go ride. I, I always wear a full face helmet. Okay. No matter what. I, mean, I just seen a video of a guy the other day riding a trail that I ride all the time. He came off of a, a drop a little sideways. It's not even a, a difficult drop, but it's a decent size. He came off of it, just something wasn't right, and he ended up swerving off the trail and face planted into a tree without a full face helmet. Oh. And like, oh. so I understand that even though I may not be pushing it, everything, anything can go wrong at any time. So right. I always at least wear a full face. Um, but then, you know, elbow pads, knee pads, uh, sometimes something to protect your chest, like just some foam padding or something like that. Um, Say I, I wanted to, I'm starting out. First off, where should I go to get a bike? So I would recommend King of the Mountain Cyclery. Okay. Uh, they're in Nolanville. Uh, right by the uh, CBCFR, the Volunteer Fire Department. That's Nolanville, Texas, for anybody interested. And, uh, man, I tell you, it's hard for anybody to get bikes right now. <laughs> it's after the World Health Organization said, go ride a bike. Uh, yeah. I think most shops for just service, like in Austin, I think there's a couple shops that are backed up almost nine weeks out. Wow. For service, just because, it, because it's so busy right now. Um, and bikes are hard to get. There is a point in time where, uh, like my girlfriend's dad works at Walmart and he, he builds stuff at Walmart and he's not even building bikes to put on the shelves. He was building back order bikes because even Walmart was sold out. I know that it's, it's been pretty bare. If Walmart did have bikes, would you recommend those? Is the frame sturdy enough? No. What, 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 what would I be looking for? So if you buy a bike from Walmart and you read the user manual, you know what it says in the user manual and the warnings? No. It says, warning, not for off-road use. Oh. They're made to look like mountain bikes, but they the way their bars clamp up, the materials they use, it's it's just meant to be a really cheap but cool-looking bike. Okay. If you want to buy it to put around the neighborhood, then great, cool. It'll If the gears shift, the wheels spin, mm-hmm. it does its job. But if you're looking to actually go ride some trails and do some jumps, you get, your best bet is to get with a shop. Because okay. your like your cheapest bike from a shop is going to be probably about four fifty five hundred dollars for a for a good bike. So go big or go home, right? Okay. So and I mean that's not a bad bike either. I mean the bike I still have out in my truck is you know it's a capable bike. It just doesn't have the bells and whistles. Right. It's a good solid frame, and that's about it. Now is this something that is like in the X Games or is this something uh, career wise? How do you look at this? How do you so, see your future? It's not the X Games. They they have they do have bicycling in the X Games. Oh, obviously, you know they got the BMX uh, street and like the the vert stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've 
from what I understand, I think they're uh, they're actually going to be doing some more dirt jump stuff, which still isn't mountain biking. It's still more of just like a dirt jumper as a BMX bike with a fork on it. Okay. To help with the vibrations and the hard landings and stuff like that. Um, but it's more of its own kind of racing. Um, a lot of events are held locally. Uh, and you can start, you know, local and then try and get sponsorships and stuff because racing is expensive. Right. And, you know, um, just like the entry fees and stuff like that. Which is again comes into that's why I'm I'm always looking for something just you know to help with the the fees. It's kind of like a one hand washes the other. Y'all help me get some gear, be a little safer, cut cost to the of racing. Then I can focus more on the racing. I bet it could be expensive. Uh, what's the average cost? Say just uh, today I want to go out and I want to get a bike, the gear, and all that. What what do I need in my pocket roundabout? So if we want to go the cheapest route, we can get you a good helmet for probably, you know, like 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, we can get you a good bottom of the line bike. So it'll just have, it'll have a good frame, be capable for, you know, putting around like Dana Peak down here. Uh, or for those that don't, don't live around here, more, uh, more cross country trails. Okay. You know, uh, the flatter stuff, you can still jump them and stuff like that. Um, but so... I'd say you're looking at probably 500 for the bike, 40 for the helmet, you know, uh, as a bare minimum startup. Because if you're not trying to to smash the gas, haul ass, you know, uh, then regular shoes will do. You don't have to get the fancy gear. Uh, if you want, then knee pads and elbow pads are, you know, recommended because that's the first thing that hits the ground when you fall, you know. Well, besides your hands. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that on some of your videos, and, it, man, it looks painful. Yeah, yeah. it does a bit. Um, so I'll, I will definitely emphasize on the gloves, too, because when you get sweaty palms on the oh, rubber yeah. grips, they slip. So at least helmet, gloves, and knee pads, at least. So about five to $700. I'd probably say, yeah, closer to like six to 700 now, when you're out there on the trail, is there any kind of etiquette? I always wondered about that because they look small. Yes. So it, is I'll, there a right away or anything? It depends on the trail. Yes, it's so. I, it, it's generally accepted. It's a generally accepted rule that, like, if you're on a hill, the person climbing gets the right of way. Oh, Although okay. I kind of. I have my own reservations about that because my my thing is if I'm coming down the hill really fast, I'm not going to be able to stop as fast as you who's going three miles an hour and can just step over. Everybody else's reasoning is because it's the convenience thing. It's harder to start pedaling uphill again, which I get. So depending on the situation, I get that, but I'd rather take the safety over convenience. Gotcha. Um, but then, but generally it's just, you know, if you're, if you're riding and you see someone slower coming up in front of you and you're headed the same direction, just, you know, call out on your left, let them know you're there, let them know you're passing so they can try and get over and pass. I mean, it's kind of like a, a running trail, you know, uh, if you're, if you're creeping down a hill, see somebody struggling to climb up it, it's going to be hard for them to start again. So, you know, just kind of pull over, let them come up. Uh, now this community, uh, I'm guessing it's it's somewhat of a community. Say I'm out there and my tire's flat. Does everybody help each other out, or do you generally? Just... Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I, I know I carry a tube, you know, you should always be prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes that even that fails, like, you know, you, you, uh, like I run tubeless, but in case something happens, I still carry a tube in my, in my pack just because I can, I can throw a tube in there real quick and deal with it later. Um, but, uh, like some places have like Dana Peak, for example, out in the middle of Dana Peak where they have the lost and found and a map. Like they got a big old board with the map says you are here so you can you don't get lost. They uh, they have a little lost and found. It's basically just an ammo can. So it seals if you find a phone or something, throw it in there. Um, and they've got an air pump, some patches generally, but it, it you might get lucky and find something there. It just kind of depends on whoever leaves something. But generally, yeah, I, uh, I remember I was in San Antonio and I had just I don't know why it just looked fun to ride. So I, I jumped off this little rock cliff and it was like a seven or eight foot drop to flat just in a bunch of rocks. <laughs> and uh, I ended up uh, bending my wheel and popping my tire and all that stuff. And Ooh. as I was walking back, this guy comes up and he's like, oh, hey, I'm a mechanic. Let me see if I can help you. Well, I broke too much stuff, so there's nothing he could do, but he tried. Right, right. <laughs> Do you got to worry about uh, wildlife, like hitting a deer or a rabbit or anything like that? No, because generally the parks that have been ridden a lot, the, the animals are kind of acclimated. You know, it's like if you ever walk around a, a pond and the, you can see the turtles and fish start following you, you know, because they, they're acclimated to you being there. So the, the deer tend to stay off the trails a bit. You'll get a lot of stares, but that's, that's about it. Do you wear uh, earphones or anything while you're riding? I don't because it's best to be on, like, to be paying attention. Granted, I also can't fit them under my helmet, but, like, I, that's the, one of the things I despise when there's people hiking on the trail and they've got their headphones in because these aren't, the, it's not hiking trails, it's public trails. Biking, and a lot of the trails are actually made for mountain biking, but hikers are allowed on there. Right. So if you need to be able to get out of the way, because I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated behind, especially at Dana Peak, we get a lot of soldiers out there trying to trying to hit their ruck, and they got their pack on, their headphones in blast, and I'm like, on your left, and then they just keep walking on the narrow trail, blocking me, hiking up the hill, so now I'm struggling to pedal so slow going up this hill, sometimes I got to bail, get off the bike, and it's just like, you know, you practically yell, on your left! And then they look at you crazy, like, you don't have to yell. So take your headphones out. <laughs> if everybody goes out on the trails, know your etiquette. It helps out everybody. I know if, like, I run on a trail or something like that, I don't like wearing earphones because I want to be aware of my surroundings. And uh, I don't want to accidentally step on a snake or something like that. You will love those. And, uh, I, you know, I use... Um, Jaybirds. I use Jaybirds, mm -hmm. and uh, I love those. What type is that? These are these are bone conducting headphones from Aftershocks. Mm -hmm. They don't go in your ear; they sit right in front. Oh, and wow. it's it's essentially a weighted speaker, but it's a bone conducting uh, transducer, or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. So the vibrations it turns your skull into the speaker, so you can still hear all the ambient noise around you. It doesn't plug your ear. And does it sound good? It sounds good. It, it, it sounds like a thought in your head. Aftershocks. I forget I'm wearing them. You know what? We'll get a picture of this as well as the bike, and you can check it out not only on his Instagram, which is Lake Waco, 
on Instagram. You can see all his rides and his jumps and all that. But also, too, on Toilet Talk with Cigar Chingon, we will post it. That is on Instagram if you want to see it up close. Um, is there a Mecca for bikers? Is there a place to go that everybody has to or needs to ride? Yeah, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> ben Arkansas. Okay. It's, first of all, that place is beautiful. It's like something out of a movie. When you're, when you're riding around Bentonville, there's no trash on the ground. There's a bike on the back of every car. <laughs> it's super clean. Like it's 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 like its own isolated uh, mecca, like you said. Um, all the trails are free to the public. You don't have to pay uh, because they make their money from the tourism. And you know, I think uh, I believe they just have a slightly higher sales tax in the area, and that's how they make their money. Uh, my understanding, oh, and the Walton Foundation. So, you know, uh, uh, Walmart started there. Oh. So, uh, from my understanding, the Tim Walton or whoever, the, the grandson of the guy that founded Walmart is a big mountain biker. So. That helps. Yeah, they've got the millions from the Walton Foundation building these trails and stuff like that and donations and stuff. And the city from... My understanding, I could be wrong, in, initially invested like $70 million into building these trails. They've, yeah, uh, I was talking to a guy, uh, uh, Bentonville MTV, I think is what it is, or uh, yeah, he's uh, a photographer down there, and he was saying they build about uh, three miles of trail a week. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. It's it's crazy out there. And uh, so I, I've been there twice now. The first time I went, I actually went with John Vandergriff. Um, Shout out to John. If you haven't, if you don't know who we're talking about, go to YouTube. He's on one of our episodes, Toilet Talk with Cigar Chingon, and get up to date. Don't be late. Yeah. he uh, John, John's a rowdy guy. He's he's, uh, he's cool. We went out, we hit the, the airfield pump track. Uh we we pretty much went all over. I hit all the key spots, but that place is so awesome. Like even the all the the mountain bike forums from Austin and just Texas in general. Everybody's talking about, hey, who's been to Bentonville? Where should I go? And then everybody just starts throwing their videos and pictures and all. Like it's you know we try and uh, I'm trying to go back again in October. We get a we get a good group of people, like ten people all chipping in. Uh, so everybody splits the gas, and then I think last time we got an Airbnb that'll sleep nine or ten people. We got the big one, too. There were two different sizes of the 10 sleeper. We got the big one for more room. So $650 divided by 10 people for the whole weekend. Wow. And then everybody splits the gas, so you can make a round trip to Arkansas on a weekend trip and maybe spend $200. Now, when you guys ride bikes, it looks... Like a lot of energy. I know when I go run, there's certain things. If I go, if I got a long run or a marathon or something, mm -hmm. I know there's things not to eat mm -hmm. and there's things to eat to give me energy. Is it the same with you guys? And then also, too, where do you go to the bathroom? Is there, you know, is there a pit stop <laughs> well, out there? Well, the good thing is being a guy, it's easy to find a bathroom. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, for the most part, shall I say. Um, but... Yes, we do have to watch what we eat, kind of. I mean, it's just generally the same thing as as uh, as running. You know, strenuous activity is, uh, you know, you don't want to, like, 
drink a whole gallon of milk before you go out or right. anything like that. But eating something is also still better than eating nothing. Do you take uh, any kind of like cliff bars or anything like that with you? Yes. So we take, uh, I'll take like some honey stingers. They're just some little, uh, uh, the gummies or the, uh, if you know what salt sticks are, I, I think I grew up on them things. You know, they're, uh, yeah. they're just electrolyte pills because when you're sweating and drinking water, well, you're sweating out more than just sweat you know you're sweating out electrolytes you're essentially flushing your system so just drinking water sure makes you not dehydrated but it's not going to give you energy so you know drinking like uh, nutritional drink mixes not so much i try to stay away from the gatorade and powerade honestly there's so much sugar yes i'll cut my gatorade half and half with water <laughs> you know what i like is the uh, pedialyte yeah pedialyte does good i'll do that uh, especially on a hot day mm-hmm I'll have some of that, and then I'll have some salt tabs. Yeah. And uh, I'll take one or two of those, and then if I'm I'm feeling a cramp or something funky, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of slow down my pace and then go. Yeah. The slow and steady wins the race. You know, you, right. you, uh, you do – so I, I don't like to, to do so much of the drinks, the mixed drinks, mm-hmm. because I don't like putting supplements and sh- all that sugary, sticky stuff in my in – like my – uh, hydration pouches or in my water bottles. Um, cause I can be, it's a pain to clean the bike and all the gear. It's just one less thing I have to clean if it's water, <laughs> right? If it's water, I drink it. I just, then I can just come home, unscrew the lid, let it dry and <laughs> whatever. I'll, you know, I'll wash it every, every couple of rides. <laughs> all right. So as you're looking for a sponsorship, is there any way that, um, People can help you out or you can get exposure other than Instagram or Facebook. So, yes, uh, you know, out riding at, you know, at location, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, like the gear and equipment that would be provider that I use. Like, I'm not asking for free stuff, just, you know, right. at least some some help on it. But generally, you know, like for the the better athletes, shall I say, that have the the full support, you know, they'll get like some free merch, like on the new designs, they'll get like the new t-shirt, jersey, pants, stuff like that. So then when they're out at an event or out riding public and somebody asks, oh, hey, dude, that's cool. I saw it. And then you can tell them about it, uh, let them look at it, feel it, whatever. So they can make their own, they can actually make an informed decision on whether they want to buy it or not, besides looking at a picture online. Uh, so, you know, sponsored athletes is kind of mu- mutually beneficial because it, it helps mitigate some of the costs from them uh, pursuing their dreams and uh, your product gets exposure and gets kind of some some advertisement. Now, as far as um, do you guys put yourself out there with either GoFundMe pages or anything like that? Or is there any kind of website that everybody can go to and then... Uh, Almost like a billboard for riders to get exposed. So I have what's called a hook it. It's more for, you know, amateur upcoming riders and stuff like that. Um, it, it's you, you can pick your field or your sport, shall I say. I actually originally started mine for motocross way back in the day. I don't so much race motocross anymore because uh, I started riding mountain bikes. So, so tangent story here i actually started riding mountain bikes to get back into shape for racing dirt bikes again 
and then I just kind of fell in love and stuck with the mountain bikes. So my, my dirt bike's been sitting for some time, but, uh, I went back on there and added a mountain bike page to it. So I've been uploading my rise. You see, I got the GPS on my, uh, on my bike right here so I can record all my rides and then it automatically up, uploads my rides to Strava, which is a hiking app. I'm sure you for running, yeah, yes. running, biking, whatever. And it just kind of goes out everywhere from there. So it's a Garmin. It posts on Garmin Connect. It posts on Strava. Strava is connected to Trail Forks, which is Trail Forks is like the Google Maps of mountain bike trails. Okay. Um, so it it so I have all my rides logged, the distance, time, uh, everything like that. So they can see how committed you are to riding. Um, you know, uploading pictures is is good to try and push out brands. And, you know, like me personally, I, I'm not looking for just any any sponsor, like anybody throw me whatever. I I want it to be a good product still, too. I like it to be products that I use. Like you won't find a sticker or anything on my bike or on my if I don't use it. I see that. uh <laughs> It's almost like a lunchbox. Just, oh, I got a sticker. Let yeah, me throw it on there. And, you know. If I don't use their product, then I have no business applying to them for a sponsorship. <laughs> and yes. uh, I'm not, you know, I, like I don't, I'm not going to start advertising. I have all this cool stuff if I don't use it. <laughs> right, right. Let's talk about your bike for a minute here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Scott. Yeah, Scott. They uh, So they started in... Sun Valley, Ohio, actually. It is an American brand, America. And uh, <laughs> they they actually started because they, if I remember correctly, they invented the aluminum ski pole. Mm. That's that's what it was. Uh, first, they invented the aluminum ski pole because it was uh, lighter and still durable. Uh, it was lighter than steel, but more durable than the bamboo that, you know, so that's how they started. Then they started Moto Gear, and then they started making mountain bikes, and then they took off and moved their whole headquarters to somewhere in Sweden. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, I have a 2020 Scott Ransom 900 tuned. It is a full carbon fiber bike. Uh, the only thing that's not carbon fiber is the wheels on it. Now explain to me, because I, I really don't know much, but I like the look of them. That shock in the middle of the frame at the bottom, what exactly is that for? What does that dampen? So it's it's like suspension on the car. You know, you hit a bump, it, it helps soak that bump up. Uh, they try and – it's specific placement. You know, like you see how it's kind of flipped upside down, the fat parts on the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to help keep the center of gravity lower because that's where the heaviest part. So, like, they do everything to make these things light and agile so they flipped it upside down to to make it to give it a lower center of gravity and they switched to air shock so if you notice like on some bikes you know it uses a big coil spring like cars but this shock weighs less than just the coil on those on those shocks really yeah they're they're they used compressed air inside of them so like I'll pump up the rear shock to like about 200 210 psi. Um, so and it makes a difference. Yeah. Yep. I, when I was a kid, we had the BMX and everything was just rigid. Yeah. So you felt every little pebble, and if you scrubbed, you scrubbed hard. Yep. But um, 
I think I've ridden one bike with the front shocks, and I got to say it was a little bit more easier mm -hmm. to handle and, and direct. But uh, I, I see on here, well, of course, like I said, if you don't know, go to his Instagram, Lake Waco, and you'll see all these videos that he posts, and he does some pretty hard riding. So you're going to see exactly why he would need uh, all the stability and the support and the shocks. And So it's Lake Waco <clears throat> K-O-M. Lake Owego K-O-M. That's right. Yeah, because the shop that I ride for is, is King of the Mountain Cyclery. King of the Mountain Cyclery, Lake Owego K-O-M. <laughs> I'm fired. I'm fired. <laughs> you're, you're good. I mean, they would find me eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, I mean, there's there's so much adjustments with, with this stuff nowadays. You know, I got this little fancy switch right here to make it a little more progressive, mm -hmm. meaning it's... Uh, it makes it harder to to compress it all the way. So like for the bigger hits, if you're going to go hit like a jump that's a little bit bigger or a trail that's a lot rougher, you can flip that switch. And that's on Scott only, actually. Uh, they're the only brand that has that uh, from the factory. Now the seat, is it, uh, do you want just a regular bike seat? Do you want something with extra cushion? Are you spending a lot of time on the seat? It depends. You don't generally spend a lot of time on the seat. and. Uh, you know, the big fad right now, like I said, is weight savings. So people don't like you know, these big bulky seats. Generally, you want, depending on the riding you're doing, you want a, a more slim, low profile seat because you want that thing out of the way when you're actually getting at it, going downhill, doing some faster stuff. You want that seat out of the way. If you got some super wide fat seat, you're not going to be able to let that seat move between your legs as you're, as you're going down the hill. Um, I'd say the biggest uh, the biggest thing is the dropper post. The the wow. seat goes up and down with the push of a button. You just push a button and the seat comes up. Push a button and sit on it, and you can push the seat back down. So when you're pedaling, you're most efficient at pedaling when your seat is up. You know, it's kind of like if you're say I asked you to pick up two hundred pounds. If you picked up 200 pounds while you're coming from a full squat on the ground, it's going to be harder to pick it up than if I ask you to pick up 200 pounds while you're just kind of half a squat. Right. Your legs at full, or at full extension have more power. So you put the seat up when you're pedaling, but then when you're going to go do some downhill stuff, instead of back in the day where you're like, oh, here comes the downhill, let me get the seat out of the way, you got to hop off the bike open the thing, push the seat down, lock it, then go down the hill. Now I can see, oh, downhill, push a button, drop the seat, and get at it without even having to stop, touch the brakes, get off the bike. See, quick release was like new when I was a kid. And it was... It was the it shit. Was, yeah, it was a miracle <laughs> that you could be able to do that. And just right here, right now, just with the touch of a button, the seat literally just shot up and it goes, like you said, back down just... What, right off the handbrake? Just everything's uh, front control? There's a little lever right here on the handlebars uh, mm -hmm. next to the brake. I also have a switch to control my suspension a bit. That's oh. also a, a Scott thing, the, the Scott twin lock. But it's, yeah, it's got all of the bells and whistles. And nowadays, actually, they've even got wireless dropper posts to get rid of. Yeah, they, they've, uh, my... I wonder how that would be, especially in like a water environment. 
perfectly fine. They're like they're just about completely waterproof. They're they're great. Um, my mechanic actually, he's got the uh, the Axis drivetrain. So the the cranks and the the gears and stuff that drive the bike forward. His his is wireless shift. So yeah, we've got wireless shifting nowadays. What I'm just waiting for somebody to come up with wireless brakes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Next year, have a phone app for everything. Weight savings that you don't have the cables and you don't have the mess. That's right. And the cables are all streamlined. They're shot in the frame. Yeah. Yeah. They go down in the frame. And then I've, uh, my mechanic, shall I say, has wrapped them up to keep the cables that you do see from all bouncing around everywhere and snagging stuff. So we got them all streamlined and knitted up tight. How did uh, COVID affect your riding? Did it hinder it or anything? Or It kind of helped <laughs> really? because, yeah because i mean i didn't i wasn't able to work for a while <laughs> so all, all i did was spend my time riding and then uh if i wasn't riding i was at the shop helping them because world health organization said go ride a bike so yes they did dude we <laughs> we sold out in a heartbeat and i mean every every shop there's a shop that i love to patron in san antonio when i go you know, I like, I like find everywhere I go, I find my little local bike shop. You know, I, I don't, I'm not big on the corporate stuff. I like to find the mom and pop shops with real people, right, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> now, if you could wear earphones, who would you listen to? What type of music would you listen to? Depends on the trail. So I'm one of those people that, uh, I listen to music that matches how I'm feeling that day. Okay. <laughs> you know, so if I'm feeling real pumped, like I'm going to go shred, I'm probably going to like throw on Pantera, some classic rock, or, you know, heavy metal, something like that. Uh, something high paced, but sometimes if I just want to go for a chill, casual trail ride, I'll throw on some country, some reggae, you know, some, something real chill, relaxing. I do that too when I run. It all depends. Like if it's early morning and the sun's coming up, you know, and it's just, I want a nice sound and soundtrack. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I don't always want like Slayer going on all the time. Mm -hmm. Start uh, playing some, some, uh, some George Strait or something. Yeah. <laughs> just something more, you know, just more for the scene. Um, even in the gym sometimes I, I, I get uh, real picky about my music, but, um, Speaking of music, there's a, a band, a local band out here called No Tin Gods. And because of COVID, mm -hmm. they worked kind of against them because they they had a, uh, oh, they had, uh, they were scheduled to play a concert in Austin. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit and it uh, wrecked shop for everybody. But this band, everybody keep an eye out for them. Ten, no Tin Gods. When they do come out, Man, they're dropping dynamite, I'm telling you. And you heard it here first. And uh, just keep your ears open for it. And I'm sure once you hear them, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. What kind of, uh, what's their genre? They're, uh, I'd say, metal. Um, but it's really, it's not, it's, Everybody can enjoy it. You know, it's not just particularly tied down to like thrash or yeah. uh, like super hardcore or anything. Mm -hmm. It's metal. It's it's heavy. It's rough. But at the same time, it sounds good. And these guys play in a unit. 
yeah. and they complement each other. And it's just, uh, it's like having a good chili sauce. <laughs> you know, if it's hot, it's going to be creeper. Yeah. And it'll warm you up, but the taste is just on point. So that's, that's the best way I could describe them. When they do come out, uh, they're currently recording. And when they do come out with an album or, or whatnot, I'll, I'll make sure and, uh, and, and post it and let everybody know. But yeah, it's like really, really good chili. That's, mm -hmm. that's the best way I can describe it. Um, kind of going to current events. What do you think about how everything is going nowadays uh, with today's youth? You seem directed. You have a goal. You, you know, you have a career path. Mm -hmm. You have something in sight that you want. Do you think a lot of kids nowadays uh, have that or have the ability to maintain that goal? Yes, I believe they have the ability to maintain, but I just believe everybody's focusing on social media a bit too much nowadays, watching the news, not worrying about what's going on in their lives. Uh, you know, they're just kind of, they're worried too much about everywhere else that they're losing sight of what they need to do for their lives. Yes, you yes. know, uh, it, with today's political climate, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> it's it's yes. like every it's everyone's still either so far right, so far left, trying arguing that the truth is just lost somewhere in the middle. You know, I've asked uh, older people, you know, if it was like this back then, because obviously we've had politics, and there was always one side versus the other. Uh, from their point of view, um, they just have not witnessed anything like we've seen within the last eight years. Yeah. You know, Sh eight six ten months. Years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's been it's ridiculous. Um, but there's so much division. What what worries me? I read this book and it was a comprehensive study on genocide. Mm -hmm. All right. And it talked about the 1900s from the Armenian genocide all the way up to Rwanda mm -hmm. and everything in between. And it gave um, an accurate detail of how things started. They progressed, what went on, and then post. Mm -hmm. And one of the main um, questions was how do you get the ordinary, the average Joe to kill his neighbor? And one of the things that was a common theme was you, you spread propaganda, which is going on now. And then you encourage violence. And then the violence goes unchecked, almost made to look like uh, you're somewhat of a hero for causing the violence. Mm -hmm. So it becomes socially acceptable. Then you get everybody. Then it's okay to shoot people. It's okay for violence. I mean, you've, you've pretty much just described the last, <laughs> the last four months. <laughs> and, and seeing that, it's scary because that book, I mean, the, that book is on real life, real events. Yeah. And to see, I always say, you got to know your history to know where the future is. Mm. And um, it, it's, it's really scary to have read that and to see it going on now. Mm-hmm. And then the next step, I mean, it describes it in there as well. Uh, more killing and things like that. And then you get, it just goes off from there. Yeah, you can try and rally support to right for whatever you're about to do. So, yeah. And social media nowadays, um, I spent a lot of time on it. Uh, there's certain platforms that are not in line with my views or opinions. They censor 
they're not really for free speech, and they seem to encourage uh, criminal activity in the form of uh, child endangerment. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand that one bit. That's a whole new concept to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, kids out there, social media is. I don't know. What is it a tool? Is it a friend? What is Both. it? <laughs> Both. Both. Social media is. Uh... You know, it's a double-edged knife. <laughs> I think a lot of times, too, we're lacking in, um, I don't want to say heroes, but uh, idols. Yeah. If, when you make it, and you get your sponsorship, and you get established in that community, and you become a household name, a kid watches you, what is the message, or what would you want to convey to a kid coming up? A little kid. Well, just... Don't worry about all the other stuff that's going on, you know, like focus on yourself and the people that support you and take care of you. Focus on your people and try and stay away from the noise. (laughs) You know, it just have a goal and do what you can to to achieve that goal. It's you know it's don't get distracted by everything else you see on tv and stuff like that that at the end of the day it's not it's not going to to change your life right now but you worrying about it instead of focusing on your goal it's it's just a distracting right right it's um I think kids growing up nowadays, it's it's a lot harder. A lot of them don't go outside and play anymore. Uh, yeah, we got, you know, video games and all this online stuff, which, I mean, is cool. But nowadays, kids live on their online games. Yeah, and, and it's... And I tell you, these kids would not be able to, to, uh, to compose themselves in the Xbox Live chats that we used to, <laughs> you know, like... Oh man, kids nowadays would lose their minds. Call the cops, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He called me a mean name. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't talk like that no more. And it, you know, it was it was fun times. It was yeah, fun times. It really I, was. As we evolve, our skin gets thinner and thinner. Apparently. Yeah, it was it was weird. I was talking to somebody, and it was like, uh, it's just that you know, before we, um, God, you can go back as far as like Archie Bunker, the Jeffersons. Mm. And then they were just tearing each other up. But that was real life. That was a depiction of real life. And, you know, there's some people who do it maliciously. And then there's just everyday talk. Yeah. You know? And then there's trolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I, I guess I could, uh, I could admit to being slightly a troll. <laughs> just, you just, you know, you just comment for fun. But then sometimes people take everything way too seriously. You know, I see that, and then I got a bad habit. If somebody gets butt hurt, then I'll, I'll, then I'll, I'll zero still, in on that. I'll keep pushing the button, and it's like, you're stupid. Yeah. Because you're making the choice to read what I'm saying, and it's you can turn your computer off. Yeah. You can, you can walk away. And that's the thing, man. I, I like personal connection, not, not you know, Facebook connections. Like, mm-hmm. talk to somebody because through text, you can't convey a tone. 
Yes. You know, oh, like a man. child, you can say what, like, a, I mean, like a, a baby, you know, you can say whatever you want if you say it in an endearing voice <laughs> and they'll just start smiling like, like you're their whole world, you know, but through text, you can't, you can't get that. So you can say what you think is a joke and then they take it all types wrong and flip the table. And, you know, hmm. if somebody reads a text wrong or they come back and they're mad and they're like, you know, how could you have said that? And it's like, why don't you read it a little bit nicer to yourself? Because it's not my voice, it's yeah. your voice. And if you're pissed off at yourself, you know, read it nicer, just like you said. And uh, yeah, it's it's not the way to communicate. It really, it really isn't. We have a, a cigar club where we get together and we all get together and talk and the phones are down. Mm-hmm. If we're using phones, it's just take pictures of cigars, things like that. Um, but everybody gets together, conversates, and it's a really, really good time. And it's uh, it's almost getting to be unique nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you're out on the trails, nobody's, you know, just well, looking at people, their phone. So some people like we'll take a break every once in a while for, mm-hmm. for some of the riders that really need it, right? Because um, I tell you, one of the tangent story here, one of the uh, the worst things, uh, like as you're a new rider, if you go riding with a bunch of experienced guys, like they'll take off on you. And so then you'll be struggling to keep up. You know, you're like a mile behind. <laughs> then they've stopped to wait for you. And so they've stopped and they're already resting and, and all that stuff. So then by the time you finally catch up, you're, <laughs> okay, hey, guys, I'm here. And they're like, okay, you're here. Let's go. And they, just <laughs> they take off again. You don't get a time to rest. You know, the, the first marathon I ran, it was like that. The, the guys I ran with, they run every day. They love it. Mm-hmm. I like it. But my pace is a lot slower. Yeah. And uh, they were going off, and I was trying to keep up with the crowd. And no. You know, I'm just yeah. like, I'm, I could either be stupid or I can run this. You know? Yeah. So, it's, you know, ride your own pace. But yeah. back to your question, yes. Uh, some people actually, as soon as we start to take a break, phones come out. They're making phone calls. Yeah. Uh, you know, We'll be sitting there like we're we're taking like a five minute break to catch our breath, drink water, take a salt tab or something like that to uh to get our energy back. You're not drinking water, you're just on the phone. <laughs> now we're sitting here waiting on you. And then once you finally get off the phone, all right, you ready? No, no, hold on, hold on. I need a, I need a drink, I need to eat something, I need to get off Instagram. Like I take pictures but I post them after the ride. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll be like, Oh, that's cool, whip up my phone, click. Put it back in my pocket. Yeah. Get going. It was a lot nicer before cell phones. I didn't realize the freedom that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you had an important an important call, you stayed home till you yeah. got the call. And then uh, we had call waiting, which meant two phone calls could come in. Uh, and then you had emergency breakthrough where you called the operator and then for like 25 cents, they cut right into your call. Yeah. And uh, things like that. But once we left the house, we weren't locked into a device that could contact us yeah, at any time. Even, even I catch myself at times just, you know, stuck on my phone where I have to, like, put it in, like, work mode or something at work. Like, I'll get into a conversation with somebody. Like, I'll get into something where uh-huh. it's got my mind going. And it makes it hard to focus on other things because you're focused on what's on your phone. So sometimes it's, you got to turn it off, put it down, do do whatever you got to do, go ride. and so. You know, my bike is my escape. So when you're riding, where do you put your phone or do you take your phone with you? 
So I used to just clip it on the handlebars because mm-hmm. I used to use it to record my rides and stuff like that. And it was just easier to control my music and stuff like that. Um, cause I'll just play the music out loud. And, uh, now I just keep it in my pack as a just in case kind of thing. Uh, cause I can't put it on my handlebars anymore because <laughs> the, these handlebars aren't round. They're more kind of squarish. Right. And they're all one piece carbon fiber. So I don't, I can't really clamp anything on in the middle, except at the ends where you're supposed to clamp like the levers and stuff like that. So I just have that specialized GPS mount now, but I'd keep my phone in my, in my, either in my pocket if I'm just casually riding or in my pack, because I uh, remember that story I told you about, or I jumped off that little rock cliff and broke the wheels and stuff like that. Well, uh, I also fell off the bike and my phone was in my pocket and the glass wasn't even facing outwards. It was facing my thigh. I always make sure that so the glass is safe. Somehow the glass itself didn't have a scratch on it, but it broke the actual screen on the inside. Oh, (laughs) just from the pressure from me falling and my leg hitting. So if I'm doing some casual riding, like if I'm riding with my girlfriend or something, you know, I'll... I'll throw my phone in my pocket just so I can do whatever uh, at any point in time. Instead of having to take my pack off, go digging through it to get my phone out. Right. I'll just keep it in my pocket. But when I'm writing, writing, I'll either keep it in my pack because you still have to have some sort of communication. If you're out on a trail network where you're a couple miles from camp or something like that, you're you're going to need to be able to call somebody, get help, tell them where you are, GPS, location, stuff like that. But if you're at a place like uh, Spider Mountain in Burnett, it's a uh, it's a lift serve bike park. It's the first one in Texas. And uh, you're never more than like a half a mile from the truck. And they have staff that occasionally does patrol the trails. And they're so popular there that if you crash, a couple minutes later, another rider is going to come by. And then you can be like, hey, I'm hurt. Go get somebody. (laughs) So they'll just finish the trail, go to base camp, be like, hey, there's a rider hurt on this trail, and they'll send a medic. So, wow. Yeah. All right, people. If you have any questions for Laco here, you can contact uh, him at Laco Waco, K-O-M. 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 Underscore. (laughs) K-O-M. I'll, I'll leave it in the description. How's that? There you go. Um, you can contact him through Instagram, or if you want to shoot uh, the show a question or anything like that, you can contact us at cigarchingon at gmail.com. Also, too, remember to hit that follow button so then you can get further episodes and get notified about that. Once again, thank you for your support. want to thank Lego for showing up here. It was great to have you. Absolutely. Uh, anytime. You're welcome back. Um, in five years, not five years, where do you want to be in your career? So in five years, I, I probably won't even be in Texas. I, uh, ideally, I'd like to move to Bentonville. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, with my old lady's job and stuff like that, we're kind of restricted to wherever she gets her work uh, as a med student when she starts her residencies. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd essentially like to to ride i may not i may not be the fastest rider i may not be doing any world cup races but you know i could see myself 
having like a little shop or something like that, you know, doing some local races, helping get people into the sport because that's that's probably the best thing is, you know, helping the kids ride and grow the sport in general. So we have more places like Bentonville. You know, Austin's a big up and coming uh, mountain biking place right now. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I, like I've helped some local builders build some trails and stuff like that, and I just just want to expand. I got my old bike actually, the first full suspension bike I broke, I lent to a buddy up in Georgetown. That, the guy I'm going to ride with later because his stepson wants is curious about it. So like, well, here, take this bike. It'll be a nice bike for him. It's because getting people in it to get people off their phones, off, you know, off their games, get out of the house, go ride, exercise. So the little kid that sees you riding on the bike in full gear with a full helmet, and you come up looking like uh, Iron Man or something like that. Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give a little kid based on your life? Just follow your dreams. Don't, you know, don't, don't let anybody else's opinions influence what you wanted. If someone thinks it's lame, they're lame. <laughs> <laughs> very well said, very well said. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. Uh, check out all the photos. We're going to take a bunch of pictures, things like that. And uh, check them out on the Instagram pages, which will be posted in the description. Lake Waco underscore K-O-M. Look at that. Look at that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, again, and, and, you know, uh, check out that local band, too, still. Yes, Always yes. No local. Tin Gods. No, no tin no gods. Tin gods. Always support local. That, that was a huge thing coming up, and it's still a huge thing. I'm big on community. Don't forget about it. Uh, where you live is where you live, so make sure everybody grow. Everybody needs to grow. They can't... Uh, I, I don't like seeing that. When COVID hit and all these small businesses just took a dump. Uh, yeah. And then everybody's going to, to Walmart and all this. Uh, I didn't like seeing that. Mm -hmm. Because that small business is the American dream. Yep. To be able to come from nothing and then to achieve a goal, that's the American dream. And we got to keep that alive. Yeah, I don't care what you say. Small businesses are what runs the world. It is. corporations. I'd rather go into a place where somebody knows my name, mm -hmm. knows what I like. Um, there's cigar shops like that. Yeah. Where I go in and they're like, ah, it's a Tuesday. Okay, yeah, I you know want what you this. Want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Uh versus going into this mega warehouse with stuff made that's gonna break yeah. tomorrow. I walk into the bike shop, what'd you break? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you need now? Oh. <laughs> but everybody, it's been great to have you here. Um, hit that follow button and stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, peace. Toilet talk. What's up, nation? What's going on? It's Cigar Chingon. Welcome to another edition of Toilet Talk. What's up, nation? 